shouldn't I get depressed? You don't want people to think you're weak. So you just keep it to yourself. I felt down, but it wouldn't go away. I couldn't be bothered doing nothing. I felt like crap. So I drank. I was sitting at the table, and I couldn't eat. I just sat there crying. Men do get depression. Find out more. Call the Beyond Blue info line or visit our site. Bipolar disorder is the same thing as manic depression. Knowing the name helps you understand what's happening to you. But it doesn't make it any easier to deal with. You're so high, so low, isolated, hating the world, hating yourself. It's exhausting. But helping someone with bipolar isn't beyond you. I was going through a bit of a rough patch and feeling pretty down about things and I didn't really feel like there was anyone that I could talk to. I contacted the um, Beyond Blue support service through online chat. Contacting the support service for the first time was really daunting, but it was really helpful to be able to talk through what I was going through at my own pace um, and in an anonymous, confidential way as well. Um, I think a lot of people sometimes think that their problem isn't big enough to seek help, but if you don't seek help when it's a small problem, it then turns into a big problem. You can call the support service about absolutely anything. No matter what it is that you're going through, there's someone there to listen to you and to support you. The Beyond Blue Support Service. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Once upon a time, welcome to Australian Book Lovers, your destination for imagination. Hey, big warm welcome to everyone and a huge thank you for joining us once again for the Australian Book Lovers podcast. Now, our mission, as always, is to bring fabulous Australian and Indigenous literature spanning a whole range of genres to book lovers all around the globe, as well as fantastic resources and information for passionate authors looking to write their next bestseller. I am Darren Kesenkos, dystopian science fiction and horror author, avid reader, and one of your co-hosts and co-founder of the Australian Book Lovers, coming to you today from Corner Country. And I'm Veronica Strachan, aka V.E. Patton, fantasy, memoir, and picture book writer, reader, and your other co-founder and host coming to you from Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung Country. Although that may be... The next episode, you may not be saying that, but that's no, where it's discussing down true. the track, yes. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, episode number 49, now normally I would come in and try and make some light humour of the uh, the numerology or yes. the meaning behind 49 yep. and all those, uh, you know, fun, cool facts. However, this is a very special edition of the Australian Book Lovers podcast and, you know, this is, uh, well, it's a, it touches on a little bit of a serious subject, but uh, nonetheless, it is still just a wonderful episode because uh, Veronica has we both discussed last night, we were so graced to be joined by uh, Sandy Barker and Kate Forster, who told us all about a 
absolutely astounding new initiative that is being uh, well unrolled as we speak, as this is going to air and as, as the days unfold from this moment forward. But um, look, without giving away too much for our listeners, obviously it is a a new website, it's a new initiative involving Australian authors and people from all avenues of the community for, you know, to raise funds to support Beyond Blue. Um, but we'll learn all more about that. But how fantastic was the opportunity to talk with them? It was a really something special. You have absolutely summed it up. I could just go home now. <laughs> Oh, or, or you can put that in your pencil case and then I can say, uh, your turn next time and I'll hide for half an hour. No, but no, it really was. No, it, really it was, was brilliant because what I was thinking is what an absolute privilege to talk to those two women about something that for them was just so important that they stepped out of their usual role. They, uh, you know, they're both authors. They both have you know, other jobs and things happening in their life, but they felt the need to jump into something that would raise money for mental illness or mental health. Uh, and the the difference uh, is that they explained, you know, which they'll explain, sorry, as they uh, go through the interview. So it was just such a privilege to listen to them. And I feel like we are in this amazing position that people will trust us with their stories and it is really about sharing those stories and also the resources for people all over the world. So it was a great interview. It was just amazing. And really, the best thing we can do is take our listeners straight to the interview. I think that is a perfect idea. So, ladies and gentlemen, listeners, everybody out there, thank you for joining us for episode number 49. This is a very special edition. Please enjoy the wonderful panel interview we have with all of the guests and pay definite attention to some of the fantastic ways that you can be involved, be supportive, be a part of, or just simply maybe discover things about yourself or the the, the people around us in society. And most of all, be inspired about... I guess, you know, waking up and deciding that you want to play a part in society and actually have a, you know, make a change, make a difference. And that's, I think that's the biggest thing I took out of it was if you think about wanting to be, you know, make a contribution to to better the society around you, the community around you, it can be done. And oh boy, have they begun that process for for this uh, this very uh, amazing initiative, which we're about to hear of. They so, certainly have. Yes. Now, we're not going to say without further ado, because <laughs> I think we're both trying to eliminate that from uh, our vocabulary. <laughs> yes, <laughs> our segues. filler words. So um, perhaps we shall say, well, I'm not going to say strap yourselves in either, listeners. I'm just going to say here is something truly special. Yes. And now over to you for a fabulous introduction, Sandy Barker. Well, hello, everybody. I'm joining you tonight from the land of the Wurundjeri people and the Kulin Nation, the heart of downtown Melbourne. Um, And I'm very grateful to be here. I write romantic comedies set in gorgeous locations, um, which has been a bit of a, um, it's been my own vicarious travel for the last couple of years, writing about places that I can't visit. Uh, And um, yeah, I've been, I've been going to throw to my, my colleague and friend, Kate Foster. So, yes, hello, I'm Kate. Uh, I'm joining you from the land of the Yugombe people, uh, the beautiful Gold Coast. Uh, it's been very sunny today, lots of uh, storms forecast for tomorrow, so that's nice, more of those. Uh, so I'm a children's author. 
I write middle grade fiction um, mainly. My first book was published last year, Pause. Um, and this year, in just a um, short time, I have my second book out, The Bravest Word. And uh, some more books maybe on the horizon, but um, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about those yet. Oh. Oh, could you not give us an exclusive? Oh, I, oh, I should have checked, shouldn't I? No, I don't, I don't know. No, I'm not better sure not. if I'm no, allowed to. get into trouble. No. <laughs> um, and um, I'm also going to tell you a little bit about um, the third person who is very important to today's conversation, and that's uh, my lovely friend and extraordinary author, uh, Kate Gordon, who is a Tasmanian author. She's also uh, writes middle grade. Um, her book won the last year's CBCA uh, award, which was Asta's Good Right Things. I'm not sure if anybody's read that, but it's just a beautiful work, um, piece of work. Um, but Kate is a, an extraordinary writer. She writes with so much poetic um, beauty and, and she's also that kind of person. So she's just lovely. So she can't be with us today. So um, I'm, I'm flying her flag. Oh, good, gorgeous. good to be flying her flag. And she has those books with the lovely covers as well. Oh, and yeah, yeah. yes, um, for our readers, we actually have a copy of Kate Foster's book, The Bravest Word, to give away. So <laughs> if you are not signed up, you better jump on our newsletter because it only goes to newsletter people. Ah. Oh, that's exciting. That is exciting. I was very excited, Kate, because it came (laughs) wrapped with a beautiful bow on it. I thought, oh, someone sent me a present. Mm. And I thought, oh, I can't really keep it. I haven't really got any little ones who would get the best from it, so I better give it away to our readers. So that's lovely. And Mm. welcome to Australian Book Lovers. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. We really, really appreciate it. And it's such a good cause that there was no hesitation in going, yeah, yeah, let's chat to Kate and Sandy and Kate. So tell us about what your initiative is. Okay, so um, Authors for Mental Health, uh, that's what we've called it. We felt it was the most appropriate name for for what we want to do. Um, So basically how it started is that I um, I write very much uh, books reflective of my own life, um, which is very much... um, you know, mental illness is a huge part. So anxiety, depression, OCD. Um, I was always called sensitive and overthinker, you know, those kind of things, which is mm-hmm. true. You know, I am those things, but those things also often come with names and those names we seem still as a society to be quite reluctant to use and talk about openly. Um, so what I wanted to do with my books, you know, I'm thrilled that my books are out there. Um, the Bravest Word is is about childhood depression, and I'm thrilled that it's out there. It's going into children's hands soon, and it will hopefully teach them to, you know, talk more um, about this at an earlier age and, you know, start to recognise their own emotions, what's healthy and what's not healthy. Um, and on top of that, you know, we've been through Australia, well, the world, but Australia has been through so much over the past couple of years, you know, the drought, the bushfires, pandemic, mm. and all of the horrendous restrictions that came with that, you know, and our youngsters in particular are are really um, suffering you know their schooling was interrupted they didn't cope a lot of them didn't cope with being cut off um, no socializing the home learning Um, and in a time when social media is king 
um, that instant access to news and, and often misinformation, to be honest, um, you know, it has really affected them. It's taken a huge toll. Um, and, you know, I think really we're coming into a new pandemic, which is the mental health pandemic. So that really was how Authors for Mental Health was born for me. It was mm-hmm. a way that I could do more. I wanted to reach more people and help more people and start more conversation. Um, and, you know, it's quite hard doing that in your own little corner on your own. Sometimes you feel like your voice just isn't carrying. So that's why, you know, I started to reach out to author friends and Kate Gordon being one and Sandy being the other. So I will hand over to Sandy now to continue with what we're doing. Well, well when I, yeah, I got wind of what Kate, um, Kate and Kate were doing and I was like, oh my gosh, this is just like, this is the best cause ever because, um, you know, I'm a person who's also suffered from mental illness in my life and I, I have tended to speak quite openly about that, particularly in the last decade. And, um, you know, I, I'm, it's certainly not something I kind of bring up right away when I meet people, but if, you know, people ask, and I also write it into my book. So I, as I said at the beginning, I write rom-coms, you know, I write these travel rom-coms, but um, I do have characters who suffer from anxiety, from, you know, bouts of depression, and it's it's something that, is a real part of them as characters so my books might be kind of a light enjoyment on on the whole but they still get into some heftier issues and still you know for me that was my way of kind of exploring my own mental health issues because I do suffer from anxiety and I have suffered from depression so that was kind of a way for me to tap into that and and give those characters three dimension but also to normalize um, Mm. mental illness you know, it's it's such a prevalent it, one in three people in their lives are going to suffer from depression, but it's still this one in stigma three. Attached. That's amazing. One in three. One okay. in three. So, still having the stigma attached to you know putting your hand up and saying I have I'm had depression or I'm suffering from depression or I have suffered in the past. It's you know, we 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 want to normalize that, and that I think has been that's what was so appealing about this initiative is it was this proactivity around it's not just to raise money it's to raise awareness and to start the conversation and to to get people feeling comfortable talking about it all so when when Kate I think I I think she put put something out on Twitter and I contacted her on Twitter and I said yes 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 and then she emailed me and I wrote back, I was like, I will do all the things. You know? so I was like, um, I'll put something up for auction. We'll talk about the auction in a bit. But um, I was like, oh, and I can, I, was, I can do a blog post and kind of, and, and so we, it all kind of snowballed from there. And I said, look, I'm also happy to kind of put my hand up for anything behind the scenes. So I was like, hey, have you thought about this? We could do this. And, um, you know, I, I, I reached out. Um, I reached out to you all and you, you know, you said, absolutely, let's have a chat about this very, very important issue. So yeah. I, we started tic-tacking by email and, you know, I think our email chain got to like 30 emails, <laughs> but we were just bouncing ideas off each other and, and just to expand the initiative. Um, so it's, it is the auction um, and we'll tell you when that is in a minute, but yeah, it's just kind of like, how can we spread the word? And I was like, oh, I have some a friend who works at Beyond Beyond Blue. That would be a great partner. And, um, you know, so it, it would just kind of snowball. But really, it's Kate's brainchild. And she's just been, 
You've been amazing, Kate. So um, huge kudos to you for even having this idea and for being bold and brave and, and speaking up and asking for authors to contribute because I think the response has been quite resoundingly yes yes we want yeah. to we want to um contribute for sure it, it really has and and thank you you know I was about to say the same thing about you <laughs> as I say you, you have been amazing you know when I first started doing this and I sent out that first batch of emails I just I didn't know what to expect you know I'm not the most confident of people I have the, the ideas but I often don't have the confidence um or often the know-how I guess I'm not brilliant with socializing and understanding people all the time so I just didn't know what to expect. So when I did start to get emails back, it was quite reassuring. And then you, Sandy, then you emailed me and were like, oh, let's do this, this and this. I was like, yes, let's do this, this and this. <laughs> so it kind of, it really gave me a boost and the confidence to know that, you know, I was, um, you know, I was, it, it was a lovely idea and it was something that really does need to be done. It's not just me living inside my own little shell. <laughs> um, and it was, yeah, because of you, I think it's really given me the confidence um, to, to you know, step out a little bit further and, and be bold so so yeah thank you we've certainly yeah we've certainly got a lot from each other already in, in working on this together so thank you that's good the Sorry, writing community <laughs> I was gonna say the yeah. writing community is amazingly generous with their time and oh. effort uh, and I know when the bushfires happened, there were authors for uh, fireys and that kind of thing yeah, yeah that was another yeah. great one so tell me um I'm not sure who's going to tell me this, but what exactly is taking place as part of Authors for Mental Health? How long have we got? Is that right? How long is a piece of string? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I can I can kick this off. So um, we've mentioned an auction, and that goes from April first to the sixth. And I'll um, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about kind of what's up for auction. Um, and you know, as I said, we were starting to think about how else we could spread the word and kind of expand, um, not just social media, but you know, we've got some social media posts that we prepared so everybody who's who's participating can kind of spread the love and share the word, uh, spread the word. Um, but then, as I said, we thought of podcasts. So um, you were, you know, we immediately thought of Australian book lovers. Excellent. Um, Good thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys just do such great yeah. stuff. You really are so supportive of the writing community and the reading community. Mm. Um, and we reached out to Danny V from Words and Nerds. Great. And, you know, that just that simple question, hey, we want to talk about something important. Um, so really grateful to both um, to both you, well, all three of you, so you, Darren and V and Danny V for saying yes and we will be um, doing a podcast with Danny V on April 3rd that will go out live and then be on her um, her podcast. And, you know, then Danny came back and said, hey, um, I, I want to do a blog post for you. <laughs> like, okay. And Kate had already started asking um, authors if they wanted to contribute a blog post. So we've actually got a blog series. Um, and we started, we started off um, with Oliver, I want to say his name right, Oliver P, but he's um, Oliver Fomavan. Yes. We started off with him in the past week, so he kicked us off. Um, I've posted on the weekend. Um, Kate's got a post coming up. Danny V's got a post coming up. Kale McCurst. So they're a, um, a comic um, a comic artist. Um, so they've they've written this fantastic comic, um, um, what we call graphic graphic um, novel, graphic mm -hmm. novel mm -hmm. about their experience with mental um, illness and then also the wonderful author Ellen Dawson. So we've got this kind of six-post blog series 
And when we meet up with Danny, we're going to be at doing a panel discussion. So um, our, our good author friend, Anna Waitley, is going to be joining us. And we also are going to be talking to a mental health first aid specialist. Mm -hmm. So this is a friend of mine who I was, um, I worked in her team as we were, we were colleagues and became friends. I was a mental health first aider and she is a mental health first aid trainer. And she's also a health, um, health and wellbeing specialist for in, in a business. So she's going to be there. We're going to be talking about how we approach the topic of mental health in our writing, how everyone can practice self-care so that's something that everyone can kind of have something to take away from and also how to reach out to someone if you're concerned about their mental health and well-being. That's such an important thing because sometimes we know that something's not quite right with somebody that we know, mm -hmm. but we don't know what do you do? What do we say? What do you, you know, how do you approach that, that very critical but very difficult subject? So, yeah, it's just kind of snowballed as I said and <laughs> certainly gathered even, some momentum there it, it has it has mm. yeah and even with the blog posts like everyone's kind of taken their own approach and I'm so grateful to see them come in and how everyone's being so open about it it's just mm -hmm. like this is my experience and there's always this lovely sort of take on it and and I loved Kate's take on on her post like it's very it's very hopeful and there's a lot of hope in these posts which mm. I think is brilliant yeah, I was just about to say, it's, it's, you know, sitting back listening, it's just absolutely astounding how, you know, it, it went from an idea to this, you know, basically a little mini movement rolling forward, like you said, it snowballed so quickly and and everyone's getting involved and such an important message to get out there and and and, and I probably should say before I go any further, thank you so much, Kate and Sandy, for, for being a part and putting together this special edition. But, uh, Kate, you mentioned something uh, earlier that... Uh, really got me thinking because when it comes to mental health obviously uh, depression anxiety is something that has been a topic of discussion you know for, uh, from my side of the fence you know in I, I guess as we get older it's something something that raises its um, head in in conversation and, and we all know somebody and I've been you know somebody who's experienced it myself but when you mentioned childhood depression that mm. caught, that actually caught me off guard because it's not something I thought was Mm. You know, prevalent or even something that could happen at a young age so mm. the, the first couple of questions I wanted to throw out if I, if I may and, yeah, and sure. that is you know is is there something that's always been prevalent as far as childhood depression or is it something that we're seeing you know has has been really spotlighted a little bit more or maybe even becoming a little bit more prevalent because of the way of the world at the moment and also for for everybody out there I guess we we always bundle the two together in conversation so so easily that the the depression and anxiety. But um, I think we all have an idea, our own individual idea of what the two are. And I'm wondering if you maybe could, uh, if you'd both maybe shed a little bit of light on on how you interpret depression versus anxiety, because they're two actual different sort of uh, mm. experiences, aren't they? Yeah, they're very different beasts. Absolutely. Um, well, to, to um, talk about the first point that you raised with childhood depression, I mean, yes, it's real. And um, it's been a problem for children, obviously, as long as it's been a problem for adults. I think the belief is that children um, who or rather adults who have mental health issues, mental illness, it, it will be surfacing when they're children very often. Um, okay. So it can be showing sort of very, very young 
Um, and I think really the the statistics and things that certainly that I've read, I'm not saying that I'm an expert and I know everything because you can read so many different things these days. Um, but I think around that sort of 10 upwards is really when it starts to become a big problem for children. So it's it's so important that us as adults, the important adults, adults in these children's lives, and so not just parents and carers, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, teachers, librarians, um, other family members, really anybody who's um, involved in children's lives is learn about it, you know, mm. learn about the signs that 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 are quite obvious, learn about the ones that are less obvious, um, learn about how we approach these children, learn about the small changes that we can make in everyday life to allow children to feel comfortable to talk about it. Mm. Um, I think that's a big issue for children is, is actually feeling the confidence um, and that trust to just reach out to somebody and say, I don't feel right, you know, I, I, I keep crying or, or whatever it is that's, that's happening to them. Um, so I, I just think, you know, so many adults still were like oh well, children you know don't get depressed and actually this is something that I wrote quite a lot about in the bravest word um is that you know you do have this set of of grown-ups who are still very well children have everything their lives are easy um and it's just not true um and mm-hmm. like you mentioned um with the world that we're living in at the moment it there's so much information for children to read it's really no wonder um that that depression is becoming a bigger and anxiety is becoming bigger beasts for children. Um, you know, when they've got all of these things swirling around their heads. When I was young, we used to have a show on called News Round. It was like a 10 minute segment before Neighbours. <laughs> um, and that was the kids news. And it was you know, it told you about the big events going on in the world and sort of headlines and a few details. And then it would have some joyous things going on in the world as well. So you had that nice balance. Nowadays, I don't think that any of that is controlled. The information our children have at their fingertips is not controlled in the same way. So it's, um, yeah, I think it's quite frightening for them. So, yeah. Sorry, what was the second question? Well, the the second part was, you know, we we bundle anxiety and depression together yes. so so often, but you know there is a you know distinct difference. But is it is there is it a difference that we all have individual ideas, or would you say there is a distinct? I mean, obviously clinically there is a division, but uh, I guess you know, and, and even more tricky. Oh, that's not correct English, but uh, even trickier, should I say, <laughs> when you're talking about uh, childhood depression or or childhood anxiety, which I my inkling would have thought there would have been more anxiety only because I, if I look back to when I'm 9, 10, 11, um, I, I can't imagine how I'd recognise depression. I mean, mm. it's easy to to try and talk to somebody as an adult and say, I, perhaps the way you're feeling is, is because of this or that. But how do you, what's a reference point for somebody who's still developing and how do mm. they recognise what, what depression is or anxiety? It, it must be really tricky. So oh, is that absolutely. something you tackle in your book? Or Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's um, you know, it's, it's um, I didn't sort of want to talk too much about <laughs> my book. Um, but yeah, it's, it definitely is something I think, um, that I, I wanted to attack head on. Um, and that's why, you know, I feel like this whole movement is so important. So it, it will help adults and the children. Um, it will, it will teach them exactly what signs we need to look for. And I think in terms of depression, uh, in children, it's withdrawal. 
that's one of the biggest things I think that we can mm. look for um, in our children is that withdrawal, that that not enjoyment of the things that they used to love, mm. um, you know, pulling back from friends, not doing homework. Um, well, I mean, perhaps not that one because I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> not sure my kids have ever really been. Uh, yeah. So maybe I shouldn't talk about that on, yeah, I'll get myself in trouble with the school. Um, but yes, um, I think, yeah, there are most definitely signs. Anxiety is a different beast. I don't know if Sandy wanted to talk more about the kind of the differences between the two, but I just sort of quickly, like, I think, yes, they do um, present differently in different people. Um, depression is, is not the same for everybody and um, uh, anxiety is the same, but they are most definitely different beasts that require different um, approaches to learn how to deal with. Um, I, I have both. I have, I have social anxiety, um, and I think I probably had that first, um, you know, that was what I had as a child. And I think where I've tried to deal with that in my life, it's obviously led to depression. And that's more of a recent thing, I think, for me. And the depression is more of a heavier feeling. It's more of a um, kind of a hopeless feeling, whereas anxiety is a lot more with your brain working overtime, um, telling you, talking you out of things, talking you into things, um, you know, and, and just um, becoming, um, yeah, very, a very, very sort of physical um, panic a lot of the time. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll hand over to Sandy and let her maybe talk a bit more if she wanted to. That, that does, all of that resonates. And what was interesting, Darren, is that, you know, I, I'm publishing a lot of these blog posts on my own on my own website and so I've read them now and you know they they're ready to go and almost all of us experienced these symptoms of mental illness as children mm. almost all of us kind of go I was always you know I am and I I have very very strong memories of around double digits so hitting 10 11 and just having these full blown mm. panic attacks that that they were completely nonsensical of my family is not going to come home. I'm going to be left by myself, you know, that sort of, and just watching, watching the driveway for my family to come home, you know, this really intense panic, absolute panic. And that has carried through into adulthood. And it's very illogical. It's very, it, it's, you can be in the moment of a panic attack and, and know this is not logical mm. and still be experiencing that full fight flight um, or, or, and, and that experience, you know, that adrenaline that it's, it's a really incredible thing. And I talk about that in my blog post that's actually live at the moment um, where I talk about naming it, being able to name it and say to the people I'm with, I'm having a panic attack right now it is actually a tool that works for me. And that's, I think that's something that's really interesting about, you know, when we talk about the strategies that we use, um, you know, some of us talk about how we tried medication, medication didn't work or different, you know, that sort of thing. That may not be the solution. And for me, medication wasn't the solution to deal with my depression. I went through other routes and I get better and better at recognizing I'm on the slippery slope. I need to I need to put a halt to this when, you know, in the last couple of years, <laughs> there's certainly been times where I'm like, 
oh, here it is. Yes, this is what it is, you know, and I can kind of, you know, just kind of like waking up from a bad dream, go, okay, yep, all right, I need to take some action now because I am slipping into depression. Very, very different things. And and what, what Kate said around depression just feels like this hopelessness, this it's a bit like you know that that um, um, old story of the you put if you put a, a frog in boiling water it'll jump back out again but if you put it in a pot of cold water and set it on to boil it will boil to death it's that mm-hmm. it happens so sometimes it happens so gradually that you don't even realize until you just kind of have the jolt and go I'm miserable all the time you catch a look in the mirror and you just realize that you're frowning all the time like every you just feel weight it just feels really heavy the world feels heavy mm-hmm. um there's no joy to be derived from anything um so yeah very very different experiences but they are the most common so maybe that's they're the ones we feel most comfortable talking about when we do talk about mental illness is they're the most common Mm. as i said one in three people are going to suffer from depression and i think it's more people actually suffer from anxiety in their life so Mm. and it's you know it's not all the time for me it's not every day um but yeah it's you know it's still there it's going to be something i'll be dealing with my whole life i imagine Mm. Yeah, it's worth mentioning, like you say, there is also OCD, which I think a lot of people don't understand either. Mm. I think mm. OCD, we all think, oh, well, that's just lining things up and, and you know, having our pens really neat and our towels folded perfectly and, and you know, things like that. Mm. Um, and office, yes, that that's probably, you know, there's, there's some truth in it. There, That is sort of a behaviour because it's a behaviour people with OCD can control. They can control mm-hmm. things if it's if things are neat and tidy and lined up and sorted in their life. It's it's a, it's you know that control which they which they need and they obsess over obviously where the name comes from but OCD is so much more it's a terrifying terrifying thing um and I without question I think it's one of the things that scares me the most you know I have a lot of all of these sort of things under control at the moment not to say we don't slip in and out um but OCD for me was um just not being able to get thoughts out of my head um, thoughts coming into my head, uh, you know, in the middle of the night, waking me up, sending me into a spiral of panic, um, silly things, really things that I've got no control over. Um, I would hear a baby crying and all I could think about was this baby this, I need to get to this baby. This baby's crying. It's being hurt. Someone's hurting it. You know, these, these sorts of things. Um, and, just uh, unbelievably um, controlling of my head. And I think OCD is something, again, which is different for, for people who suffer. It doesn't present the same for everybody. Um, but it is that, yes, that uncontrollable obsession that you have with things. And it's and it's really quite terrifying. That's an interesting way to describe it. I mean, obviously, I'm probably a victim of thinking of OCD as a particular, you know, a, I guess a generic or maybe cliche because I haven't, it's not something I've been uh, confronted with very often, but when you say that obsessive, but that uh, relentless, um, how did you just use it then? Like the over overthinking and, you know, perhaps even, uh, I guess you could almost say thought loops. That's a different way of thinking it. Uh, mm, and, yeah. and, and then now I can imagine, yeah, I can see why it'd be terrifying. Definitely. Yeah. As, a, think... as opposed to just something that's, you know, something you have to incorporate into your life and maybe it's a little bit weird, but it's not that at all, is it? No, no, it's intrusive. I think that's the word I took away when I started to learn more about it. It's those intrusive thoughts mm-hmm. um, where they really, they, they do 
they are intruders and you can't get them out and you, you are just going round and round and round and round and, and there's no escape from them. And, and um, yeah, it, it's um, you, to get that under control is very, very difficult. Mm. so yeah so um i guess i should go back to the question no no it's <laughs> it's all important no, 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 part of what you're yeah, trying no, to I'm, do i'm sitting here learning a lot thank you yeah, yeah part no, of what I you're thought... trying to do is end the stigma kate because i know that on your twitter account you've uh you know let's talk about the book just one more time yeah uh, then we, have, we have to talk about sandy's latest book but you your book comes out in 58 days 57 now probably yes yeah and you're <laughs> putting a little fact about depression uh as a tweet and yeah. number 58 with some days depression is so much, so heavy, so complete. There's mm -hmm. no way through and no way out. You are consumed and your hashtag is end the stigma. So yeah. it's mm -hmm. important to have those words be more familiar and to unpack our stereotypes and our standard responses, you know, as Darren was saying. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. I think you're, you're, you're spot on. It's, um, and it's amazing the number of people, you know, that we speak to um, it's particularly when you're uh, like myself over the last few years, you know, I've really immersed myself in, in this community of uh, learning about mental illness. And so then when I speak to people outside of the community and they have no idea, they don't know anything about depression and anxiety and OCD. And um, it amazes me that they're, what they do know is what they've gathered from, um, you know, old books, old TV shows, mm -hmm. old um, uh, newspaper articles and things like that. And it's um, it's like, you know, we really need to move on from this now. You know, we don't yeah. need to make have us all get obsessed with, with depression and, and mental illness. We don't need to take that step, but we just need to talk about it a bit more freely and a bit more honestly and a, far more uh, in, a, in a modern way uh, so it's accepted. Mm. I will just bring in Sorry. a little bit about um, some old fashioned. Being a very old nurse, uh, in the <laughs> early days, of course, there was a condition called, which was a medical diagnosis of female hysteria. Mm -hmm. So, you know, let's just not get me started on the, mm -hmm. um, the medical profession. But as a midwife, the mental illness I most came across was Perinatal, yeah, oh, perinatal, perinatal yeah. which really it used right. to be postnatal depression, but of course then people realise, well, it doesn't just suddenly start when the baby's no. born, that so often it is in fact the whole changing of the body often triggers that. Yep. And yep. perinatal mental health, one in five women will get a degree wow. of perinatal mental health uh, illness issues. or yeah, yeah issues. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty common and we all come to it from a slightly different way but yeah female hysteria which was oh look just ridiculous so let's mm. not um talk about that anymore let's <laughs> no, talk but that's, about but that, that's why yeah that, that's why the conversation <laughs> like this is so important because uh, um i think you know me just sitting here starting to contemplate how wrong i might my perception of ocd might be mm. but saying that I, I wonder how many listeners out there may be uh, going through the same revelations but not only that how many people may su suddenly uh help determine that you know mental issues or, or, or you know, di different uh, burdens that they're feeling that they're trying to push through may be uh, mm. signs or representations mm. of a form mm. of OCD or <laughs> of a form of depression or of a form of anxiety that they didn't identify or failed to identify because their own understanding has been somewhat dictated by cliches, which, of course, yeah. may not match and therefore they may not even a person may be learning from conversations like this just like i'm learning so yeah very uh, to the importance of the of, of talking about these sorts of things mm.
Absolutely. And, you know, it's, I think back to, it was about, I guess it was 30 years ago. Oh my gosh, that's a long time ago. Um, <laughs> so I was at university and um, this is going to sound so cliched, but I was at university, I was home, it was a day I wasn't there at, at school and I watched Oprah and it said, and she was doing a show on depression and she said, if you have more than five of these 10, 10 symptoms, you are very likely depressed. And I had all 10. Wow. And I suddenly, I, I think I was like age 22, 23. And I, it, it was like, it was like a, literally like a light turning on. I just suddenly, everything made sense. Mm. And I, I understood and and that's going back, you know, how we were talking about depression 30 years ago and I had this rev- revelation of this is what I've experienced since I was in, you know, 10, 11, 12. Mm-hmm. It's like this is this, oh, it has a name. And not mm-hmm. only did was I, you know, did I experience it, I recognised that my mum went through that and, you know, my, <laughs> many people in my family on both sides, I'm like, oh, it's just kind of like this massive oh, I see, you know, mm-hmm. so it's just like the veil had been lifted. Anyway, it's however people can come to it. And that's, you know, that's one of the main aims. And one of the reasons I wanted to kind of jump on and, and say to Kate, I want to help in any way, because it her her aims are really pure and important is we want to, we're, you know, remove the stigma. We want people to start talking about this and understanding it. We want them to understand it in themselves and in others and to have empathy for themselves and for others. So it's, a, it's about that. And, you know, we, we've, we've even got a website up and everything that's going on with um, resources and stuff. So Kate, did you want to talk about the website? Cause I know that you spend a lot of time working on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like it's lovely to talk actually. It's lovely to talk openly about these things. This is like you said, this is exactly what, you know, we want to achieve through this whole yeah. initiative is this ability to just chat about it, you know, and, and it not be like this big, huge, heavy conversation. And, no, oh, you know, we want people to say, oh, yeah, you know, I recognize that too. I've got so mm. I, I feel like that. So, yeah. So thank you anyway for, for those questions, Darren. It's um, it's it's been good to to share. Um, yeah. So, yes, we do. We have a website, um, which, as Sandy says, has got some resources on there and um, and obviously the auction. That's um, that was sort of where this all started was some way to raise a bit of money for um, Beyond Blue um, because the, the demand on their services is just so extraordinary lately. Um, and I personally feel that's just going to continue. So um, when the auction starts, which is April 1st to 6th, all the bidding will be done directly on the website. Um, I am very aware that there are a couple of very big auctions on the go at the moment um, for the Ukrainian um, people and obviously for the floods. Um, When I put this auction together, there was no war and there were no floods. So I appreciate this is a huge ask for people who are already bidding on a lot of items and who are um, already, you know, donating a lot of money to very, very obviously huge causes that need, you know, people's support. So, um, you know, I I understand um, mental health support is an ongoing thing anyway. Um, Mm. It's, it's a forever thing. Uh, And, you know, it's, it's something that anybody can be affected by so it's always worth 
thinking about the, these, um, you know, donating and supporting these things. So personally, I, I'd love the this whole initiative to to continue past April. Um, so we've sort of got everything um to um the end of april i think um with more blog posts and have and what have you but i, I would love this to continue longer i'd like it to be a forever thing mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. um you know i'd love to run some more auctions you know i'd like to maybe um sort of spread our wings and and go over the borders and maybe run some auctions for us and uk and, and other organizations that support um i'd like to um continue doing some more blogs and you know i even thought maybe we could have a a monthly newsletter we could put together for people within the industry um you know where we could pay people to write for us to come in and give tips and advice about mental health um so yeah i i I would love this to to be a thing that goes on forever for more people Mm -hmm. to come and be involved um you know for it to be intersectional so um you know we're, we're sort of helping all marginalizations and 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 what have you um at the moment um i'm just focusing on the current agenda mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah. i would love you know people to to i'd love anybody really to email me or come to me and uh, or not just me to sandy um as well and and say look i've got a great idea um this this and this and so you know maybe we could yes yeah, start planning for the rest of the year and and see how things go from there Okay, I've got a great idea, Kate. It just came to me. What about oh. anthologies? Yes. Ooh. Because that's what writers do so very well. And you both have written mental health into your work. Put some short stories together so that it mm-hmm. becomes the language that these are really exciting stories. Yes, mental health's yeah. in it, but it's not the be all and end all. It's just a normal thing. So there we yeah. go. Anthology. That's my yeah. idea. Now, did, you tell us, did you tell us the website address? No, Come I don't on. think I did. <laughs> and all the good things that are up for auction. Oh, I know because I want to talk about EJ yes. Dawson, who's one of my neighbours. I know she has got um, an offering there, um, a fabulous editing, or beta reading package, I think. Yes. So website yeah. first and then tell us what's in the auction. What can people okay. get on? Website is authorsformentalhealth.weebly.com. That's weebly, W-E-B-L-Y.com, authorsformentalhealth.weebly.com. Um, so um, that's that's the website and all the information, uh, not just about the auction, but the blog links to the blog post, everything's on there as well. Um, and, yes, big list of um, and growing list of um, items to be bid upon. Things like signed book packs, um, school visits from Ooh, authors. school visits, that's great. I know. Isn't that great? What wow. a great idea. Yeah. Um, professional services for authors, as you mentioned, like editing, um, beta reading, that sort of thing, mentoring, um, manuscript assessment, and um, one-hour chat with an author. So if you have a favourite author and they've got the one-hour chat, they can bid on that. So lots of variety um, it's, um, for the author and writing community as well as for the readers across Australia. So brilliant Excellent. wow yeah. some, so there's definitely been some strong reach out then and, and some strong uh you know people coming on board and helping out oh absolutely we've got some fabulous people um who have donated brilliant items you know and just to mention that we are still accepting items as well so if there is anybody out there um not just authors you know illustrators um editors we have um i know we're going to name a few people in, in a second yep. who have already donated yep. but if anybody else we're, we're accepting items up until march 25th mm-hmm. um so if anybody else wanted to um 
donate something, then, you know, please go to the website, have a look at what's already on offer um, and then email me contact at katejfoster.com and let me know what you'd like to donate um, because, you know, everything on the website, everything there is to bid on, the starting price is $10. That's um, fantastic. I mean, look at some of the things you've got there. Is another neighbour of mine, Dee White, who lives uh, up in the mountains. Just picture book assessment. I love it. We've cornered the market on that part of Victoria. Exactly. Yeah, well, we yeah. do have the uh, Mountain Riders uh, Festival we happening do. in November, but I won't say we anything. Do. But how about a one-hour mentoring consultation with Holden Shepherd? How good would that be? That man is a legend. Just, he's fantastic. He's Isn't fantastic. He and, you know, he just was a big yes from him as well oh, and yeah. we've got other young adult authors Anna Waitley, um, Elaine Webster, yeah she's fantastic, Kay Kerr um, and then we've got award-winning children's author Fiona Hardy, um, editor Suzanne O'Sullivan who's worked with big name authors such as Jessica Townsend, Nick Blank and Sean Tan and we've got um, adult authors EJ Dawson, as you mentioned Ali Reynolds, um, she's donated several items Brilliant. And middle grade authors, Oliver P, Siobhan Plotzar, Alison Tate and Anne Siddor. So, oh, my yeah, goodness. And there's, there's some Sandy Barker more... books on there too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the list goes on. With me, but, yeah, there's lots of different kinds of um, books on there. Yeah, oh, we've I got just... – God, sorry, oh, there's there's so many other names yeah. I've just got to drop in um, because these people are amazing and, and you know, we all need to, to or if we don't know their names already, we need to be looking them up and buying their books. And, yeah, you know, good. we've got yeah. Bren, Bren McDibble, um, who's just a fabulous person, love her. She also writes as Callie Black. Uh, we've got Pamela Freeman or slash Pamela Hart, who yes. writes kids and adult books. She is just mm. absolutely delightful. I did a and course with her. I should have waited and just bid on the auction. <laughs> She really is just an incredible person, so talented and just so helpful and kind and um, and, of, and you've mentioned Dee. Dee is a lovely, really wonderful friend of mine. She's been such a huge support over the last couple of years. I can't even begin to, you know, sing her praises enough. She's she's just a sweetheart. And she's actually going to be coming to my book launch as well. So Fantastic. I'm just, Yay. I feel so honoured to have her there. And also my uh, my very own editor, Christina Schultz, she is going to be, oh, sorry, she has offered um, a critique uh, and I mean, Christina is just an incredible editor. She's just, um, she makes you really think about what you're writing, why you're writing it. So she's she's a great one. We've also got Sue Whiting. Um, I mean, she's just amazing, not just as an author, but as an editor as well. Um, and then we've got Marianne Master, um, Pip Harry and Nat Amore, who have all, their recent middle grade books have all been on the CBCA notable list. Um, we've got authors, nonfiction and picture book authors, Julie Murphy, Dr. Jordan Bell. We've got James Foley, Katrina Germain. I think that's how you say it. Um, we've got a um, lovely friend of mine, wonderful, talented author and illustrator, Sarah Carpadia. Um, And then look, we've, I've also wrote these down because it just thought they were great things to say. We've got <laughs> Mega Macca Matt Cosgrove. <laughs> Oh, that is a cool thing to um, say. And, <laughs> and the real pigeon himself, Andrew McDonald. So they have all, but both, all of these people have donated items, um, which you can go to the website and, and see and bid on. And as I say, everything is $10 to start with. So even if, 
everything sold for ten dollars uh, you know that's that's a wonderful amount of money yeah. that we've raised but obviously we'd like more than that please yeah. <laughs> i think you'll be getting more than that <laughs> fingers crossed yeah. and i mean that that list you've just given us that's only just the beginning because you know no doubt as word spreads and you know we're going to get this out hopefully you know at the time of recording within 48 hours so that everyone's got plenty of opportunity oh, wow. to reach out and and uh now and just so for any authors out there or anybody that wants to donate t- towards the auction um mm. obviously to support such a incredibly important cause um how does it roughly work so for example w- would people post in if, if you you know are happy with what they or, you know if somebody wants to be involved do they send something in to a distribution point or is it a case of the the author that may be wanting to donate a couple of books they'll just simply once auction's complete will they forward it just so people are, are, are aware so that it makes it easier for them to get involved and oh so okay so when they when they've won the item oh no no so for any authors out there that want to donate oh. some books sorry is, yeah yeah, no, so sorry, I wasn't sure how to... It's <laughs> one of those weird things, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> so, for example, if I want to donate a book, would I mm. simply wait, uh, give you the details and that yeah. would be auction and then I'd post that to the winner or is it yeah. we'd organise with you to send it to yourself and, and you you have somebody that's going to distribute all the auctioned off uh, goodies? How, do, how does it work? Yeah, so basically, yeah, if you anybody who wants to donate something, whether that's a critique, a school visit, um, a book, whatever it is, thank you very much is the first thing I say. Um, yeah. And if you if you um, email me, if you have a look on the website, first of all, we have the list of um, items um, and what we ask for is item details. We ask for any conditions and restrictions that you want to apply. So, for example, if you're doing a school visit, you know, will the restrictions be to a certain place? So if you lived in Sydney, would you want it to be in Sydney? Um, mm-hmm. Or would it be um, an online school visit, for example? Uh, we also ask for, obviously, your bio and any links um, and any photos. So really, that's all that we need from you. So you, we would, um, I would ask for you to email those details to me, uh, mm-hmm. contact at katesjfoster.com. Um, and then I will just add it to the website and send you a link just to make sure that you're happy and there's nothing you wanted to change or add. Uh, And then we go from there. So how most of the authors have worked it is that once the auction is closed, um, I will be contacting the highest bidder to let them know that they've won. Um, They will then be making their donation directly on our Beyond Blue fundraising page. So it's worth just actually saying there that even if there was nothing in this auction that anybody wanted to bid on, which I just can't imagine that's going to be the case. That's Um, an alternate reality that doesn't exist, yeah. But if they just wanted to donate some money, then obviously thank you so much we have um the uh, um sorry a fundraising page set up on beyond blue it's um the website's fundraise.beyondblue.org.au slash authors for mental health um so we ask people to go there um and obviously the highest bidders i will direct them through once we start emailing i'll let them know they've won i'll direct them to this fundraising page they make their donation they're instantly sent a receipt They'll mm-hmm. send that to me and I'll put them in touch with their winning, um, sorry, the, the author who donated their item. Oh, um, beautiful. Yeah, That's so all of, the, all of the authors will be sending out the, their own books unless obviously they've agreed something with me in -hmm. advance um i have a couple here that people have sent me to send out so that's you know i'm more than happy to support authors as much as possible um so yeah we've tried to make it as simple as possible uh, nice and straightforward um so yeah now we just need people to bid (laughs) (laughs) so can you tell us a little bit about why beyond blue so tell us what they do uh and why 
people should support them. Yeah, of course. I'll start super quick and then I'll ha- hand over to Sandy. <laughs> I feel like I've done all the talking, sorry. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so Beyond Blue, um, it's, I think it's a very well-known name. Yes. I think if we think of mental health services, Beyond Blue is probably the one that most people will say. It's, the, it's, I guess, a household name. I'm not sure if we could go that far, but I think it's the one, yes, that most people would recognise. Um, certainly not the only service. So, you know, I, I, it's really important. Um, and we do have this on our resources page, uh, FAQ page on our website. There are some amazing organisations out there other than Beyond Blue, like Headspace and Kids Helpline. Um, and so also places... Um, that you can just go online and learn about um, Mm. mental health rather than actually looking for support um, services. And Beyond Blue helps everybody, which I think is what made it the best choice for this auction. So they help everyone from children right through to adults, including family, friends, and anyone else who's um, supporting people Mm -hmm. with mental illness. Um, And it's absolutely, you know, it's a brilliant organisation. And I think I mentioned earlier that it's... um, it, it, the demand for services um, has absolutely gone through the roof over the past couple of years. Um, the pandemic really has affected so many people's mental well-being. And um, Beyond Blue offers a service you can call 24-7 and just talk. Just talk to somebody because sometimes mm. um, sometimes we need more than that. We, we do need a lifeline. So Beyond Blue offers all of these. And, um, yeah, considering how much... Their, the demand for their services in, has increased, um, you know, it's, it's really time for us to do more, I think, and, and support them. And that's obviously, you know, why we chose them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, just what I think is brilliant about them is that the information is so well researched and curated and accessible. Like it's, if you go on their website, which is just beyondblue.org.au, it's, it's just straight up information, you know, what is mental health? What is mental illness? And they make that clear distinction right off the bat. Mental health is actually about wellness. So we talk about mental health being a good thing, just like we talk, talk about, you know, you look after your physical health, you look after your mental health. Um, and then mental illness is when the, your mental health is suffering. So that, you know, just even that clarification, because sometimes we do actually interchange those terms and we talk about mental health as being the illness whereas mental health is the well-being part Mm. Um, and then you know it's like what are the types of mental health for each what are the symptoms where can I get help there are links to professional help support groups community groups Um, lots of information about strategies that people can use either to seek help or address those factors that might be contributing to their mental health issues or illness and, you know, that's just their website. And as Kate says, they, they bring all that to life in the real world. They bring that help and support and understanding. They have a whole team of mental health experts whose sole aim is to help. And simply that is an organisation whose aims are aligned with ours. We, you know, bring the topic to the fore, bring awareness to mental health and well-being, open up the dialogue about mental illness, support those who need it, remove the stigma and, you know, it's just, it, it's incredible work that they're doing. It's highly, highly important work. And as as Kate said earlier, you know, that we're on the cusp of a mental health pandemic um, or a mental illness pandemic, I should say, just using my own terminology that I've just said. Um, and 
we need to be looking out for each other. It is not, it's, there's an are you okay day, but really mm. every day is are you okay? Check in with yourself, check in with others. Um, it's, it's important. Sandy, you mentioned a little while ago about self-care. What are the kind of things that you found work for you? Well, interestingly, we did reach out to somebody and asked if they would, um, one of the authors um, and asked if they would be able to contribute a blog post. And their response was, I've, I need to say no. Um, I would love to, but I need to say no. And um, Kate and I were having a preliminary discussion with Wendy DeMarty, who will be kind of our expert panellist um, on the next podcast we do. Mm-hmm. And she was saying, you know, we talked about the power of saying no, the fact that a lot of us, particularly in the writing community, we say yes to a lot. We, mm-hmm. you know, will you better read this thing? Will you come on this? Will you do all this work? And this person expressed it as, I just need to say no to the stuff that's not um, on my immediate desk, like not mm-hmm. in my work, um, just because I need that for myself. Mm-hmm. And, and drawing that boundary, I respected that so much because, and it actually prompted me to say no to something that came across my desk as another, oh, just could you please? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just was, you know, it was a time when my edits had just landed, stuff was in my day job was really intense. And I thought I need to, to practice self-care by saying no to this Mm. thing. So that was one of the key things that we've talked about around practicing self-care. I mean, of Mm. course, there's all the other things you can do is, you know, we all know, we all know how to, um, you know, adult, which is get a good night's sleep (laughs) and eat well and get moving and get out. I was going to say, hang on, who who is this we all, Sandy? (laughs) Well, we know we get, we're bombarded with the information about that. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, just that importance of, it's that it's the mentality of put your own um, oxygen mask on first before you say yes to helping others. Because if you have an empty tank um, and then you're giving, 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 then you are not going to you're not going to be in a position to give back to yourself, and you're not going to be in a position to give to others for much longer. You're going to run out of fuel. So self care is not selfish. That's what one of the things that Wendy said. You know, when we we're having our discussion, self care is not selfish. It's actually probably one of the best things that you can do for yourself and your loved ones because then when you were full up, you have more to give. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, it was really it was a really important conversation. Um, but I thought that was my biggest takeaway: is the ability yeah. to give yourself permission to say no. That's good. Do you mind cool. if I jump in quickly there, just based on what, what you just illuminated there, Sandy? I'm just curious um, to hear from, from everyone with regards to, you know, you, you did, uh, it has been brought up that we may be on the cusp or in the middle of, you know, a mental health pandemic, and I could definitely see how that could be the case. But do you think there are also signs out there that the importance that we're placing on different aspects of our life as a society is beginning to shift and is it perhaps i mean because i'm reading a lot about as in just you know through the news stuff that's just flooding the 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 social media etc about what are they calling it the great migration or the the great resignation and about you know how people who have been working from home for two years now uh are finding more reason to not want to go back in the city and and you know re I guess recalibrate their lifestyles mm. to to mm. place more importance on those things that were maybe left in in the uh, in the sort of noise of of, of a hustle bustle lifestyle. And mm-hmm. do, do you think we may see 
uh, our society change slowly for the better in the sense of uh, identifying those areas which do require more importance, where we say no a lot more to things that perhaps we place importance before and where we can have the confidence now. Because I think saying no is huge, isn't it? And that's mm-hmm. a, you know, a, a superhero <laughs> uh, power for, for most because, you know, it's definitely something we could all learn how to do. But I, do you get the feeling maybe there's a shift out there where we are sort of heading towards, even though looking out the window, things aren't looking too great right now. But as far as when the dust settles, do you think maybe we're going to be looking at a slightly different society when it comes to, you know, what's important and what's not? I am very hopeful of that. I am very hopeful of, of you know, those connections and those per, those personal connections being many people's number one priority. I mean, the borders open and the planes are full. It's people want to reconnect and that the, the reprioritization of people and connections and relationships over um, material things for, a, mm-hmm. for, for me, certainly recalibrating. And I think for a lot of people so that I'm, I'm quite hopeful of that. Yeah. I am. Um, I watched a TV show not long ago. I'm a huge Bob Mortimer fan. Um, as an English thing, I don't expect you to <laughs> be with me no. on this one, but, um, he's uh, he was a comedian and Paul Whitehouse, they did a show together not long ago called gone fishing. And it's just these two, um, guys in their sixties, they go fishing every day and they talk about men's mental health and it's just brilliant. Um, it sounds very morbid, but it just isn't. They they discuss things like death. They discuss things about their their physical health, and, and importantly, they talk about their uh, mental health as well. Um, and they they have experts come on and talk to them as well about um, you know mental health. And one um, of the the professionals said one of the biggest things um, humans enjoy is connection with other humans it's what keeps us going it was what keeps us ticking it's what keeps us alive and one of the biggest problems that we've had lately is loneliness and that has really made so many people reach out for help and desperately realize what they need in life and what they want and like sandy said we just want to reconnect we just want to see other people we want to be back together with other people because it keeps us healthy it keeps our our minds healthy not everybody obviously some of us um you know can only socialize <laughs> talking, some of us i'm talking about myself mm-hmm. um they can only socialize in sort of snippets um mm. but you know just that being able to do that when you need to and when you want to is, is is such an important thing um and sort of going back to what you were saying darren about um this big shift in people's priorities you know i don't know if it's maybe just the life i've led but I think there have always been people who are very good at saying no. And I think there are very, there's a other side of the coin where there's the people who just say yes, because they just either want to, don't really sort of want to let anybody down or they like to be busy. And I think we're definitely seeing a shift with those people <laughs> starting mm. to think, well, actually, you know, why should I always be the one that's, 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 sort of doing the helping or feeling down because I can't help everybody. Um, And I think, yes, we're seeing a shift. And actually my blog post that I wrote, um, which I think goes, is it tomorrow, Sandy? Yeah. Yes. Um, It talks a lot about how I've dealt with that um, because I unfortunately um, am one of those people who just feels the need to please everybody all the time. And I think that's probably added to, um, 
a lot of my issues that I have now. Um, but because of my being being diagnosed um, with all this big, lovely, long list of things, um, it's actually allowed me to understand myself better and to find a balance. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing now. And, and the balance is important, but I, I can't help but thinking sometimes, you know, uh, and I speak for myself, I've, obviously I'd never speak for anybody else, but with that, that, that wanting to say yes, um, a lot of times I think it comes from so much of the day or so much of life being not necessarily out of your control, but, uh, you know, with demands that, you know, just need to be done, whether it be work demands, et cetera. Whereas by saying yes to something, it's saying yes to something that you at the time identifying as an activity or something that will bring happiness or bring joy but mm. what can happen is when the, when that balance isn't there then it that can become a source of anxiety because the the, the life for one of a better word sometimes doesn't let you get to do those things you say yes to which originally begin as a seed to be something to be joyous and something to bring you comfort and and happiness but then if you, you may find yourself saying yes because you're craving those opportunities to do things that feel good and that are going to make life, you know, fun. And then, of course, sometimes life gets in the way and makes that difficult to achieve. Mm. And so sometimes, for, speaking for myself, then it, it compounds. So you want to say yes again because you need, you, you really, mm. you know, that work gets so stressed out sometimes. Like, no, I really want to do this. So you say yes to doing something else and you, it can snowball, um, which is really, you know, it's, it's a funny, funny way of, the, I guess, the snake chasing its tail. But uh, the irony for me, I guess in the last year is, is, you know, this whole term we say rat race and as someone who, you know, uh, you know, mental health has definitely been an issue in my life for, for quite a long time. Insidious in the way sometimes you can look back and when you when you learn about it and then you can look back and see the behaviour. But um, what a big revelation that came to me was learning about the the old rat study that have, most people did in psychology. And I think I brought this up previously, where they put rats in where they have a choice of food or um, you know cocaine or liquid, whatever drug amphetamines it might be, and the rats will choose the drug until death. And so it was proof that you know addiction was so strong and whatnot until someone pointed out that if you actually put those rats in a position where they have those social interaction and they have the ability to to mate and have joy and and have fun things to play in they don't choose the drugs at all and i thought that's such a beautiful and so we've actually been you know taught wrong in that instance for that particular study but such a uh, eye-opener when it comes to (laughs) such an eye-opener when it comes to you know maybe how much of is that a reflection on what is driving a lot of our depression anxieties in a world that sometimes isn't giving us the access to those things that we you know are a right in life to to bring us happiness and joy and so Mm -hmm. do we find ourselves you know feasting on those things that drive us to states where we don't want to be in yeah a big big resounding yes from me <laughs> so that resonates so much so we've got to yeah. yeah we've got to break out of the old rat race we've and got to jump into the new to rat race which is exactly. a rat party exactly. with lights <laughs> we it's just it's just breaking that cycle and i think you know i we're living down in victoria um it, the groundhog day jokes <laughs> yeah we got very close to home. Groundhog, yeah, it was just Groundhog Day. I mean, we—I think we had 380 days of lockdown mm. in in 20 months. And when you when you think about numbers like that, That's I mean, huge. We, my partner and I were we were super fortunate. We we're like, okay, we like each other. We have enough space in our house for us both to work here. We both still have, you know, our our income. So, and we and we touch wood have not had COVID so we, we've had fortune um but 
you know, we had to do things to kind of what day is it? Like what, what day is it? Okay. We're going to have date night on a Friday night. Like we had to do something that was kind of normal. So we would go to different parts of the house and get ready and <laughs> meet in the living room. Oh, you look nice. You know? <laughs> um, so it, it's, it's, it's how are we kind of emerging from this cocoon of enforced this enforced cocoon um you know we we have this opportunity now society wise we 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 can slough off a lot of the things that we did think were important so that's why i am kind of hopeful that i'm seeing that too i'm seeing that um it's yeah there's a shift amongst the people i know um and and what is the priority it's just about spending time, spending time with each other, reconnecting, having those conversations, um, seeing each other face-to-face if possible. That's so great. And, um, yeah, I, I am hopeful. I, I'm the, I'm the um, what would you call me, hopeful pragmatist. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good way to be. Well, without um, hope, the, there wouldn't be this whole auction or this website. And I suspect this, yeah. I know, Kate, you said that, you know, the hope is that it extends beyond April. I think that's, that's inevitable now, isn't it? I think you've started something, everybody's together, you've all started something really important, really special, really magical. And I suspect that, uh, you know, as more people learn about it and it's, it's such a beautiful thing to support, you might be in this for the long haul and uh, <laughs> there may be a whole new frontier coming that's uh, going to be there a, a tool and, a, and an outlet for everybody. So that's fantastic. I hope so. I really do. I love the publishing industry. You know, like we've we talked, Sandy and I talked about this with Wendy, um, as writers, publishers, um, you know, we are, we're a sensitive bunch, you know, mm. writers really do put a piece of their soul and, and heart onto the page. And, um, you know, it's a very vulnerable job to be. And then on top of that, you know, we are being rejected, not just by agents and editors, we're being rejected by readers telling us they didn't like the book. And, you know, Although, you know, you're told with thick skin, this is the industry you're in. And, and that's true. You absolutely have to understand the industry that you're in. But it's still it's still like little bullets, I think. Um, and, you know, I would love the, the publishing industry as a whole to just pull together um, and talk more about mental health and, and look out for each other and um, just learn ways that we can we can support each other um, in quite sort of what is a harsh um, competitive um, industry so I, I do hope it, it lasts beyond April um, I have I mean my year is absolutely packed solid with things so I'm hoping oh, um, <laughs> I'm hoping people might come along and help out um, <laughs> with that because I don't know if I could <laughs> you know I've got Sandy and Kate which is marvellous but if anybody else yeah wanted to to come in and, and help us and spread our wings and you know i'm i'd be more than happy to to um welcome to the game yeah absolutely join the team we're the right. team and the best place <laughs> is to tell us one more time how people can get in touch with you kate and the website for authors for mental health yeah so the um the website is um authors for mental health.weebly.com uh, and on there we have the auction, obviously, all the items listed. We have direct links to the blog posts um, from the fantastic guest bloggers talking about their mental health. And I promise they are brilliant, brilliant, super helpful and super validating blog posts. We also have some resources on there. 
um, and a, um, a link direct to our fundraising page. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody wants to ask me any questions, I'm always on Twitter. Um, if anybody doesn't know that, then they probably <laughs> don't go on Twitter. Um, but I'm always on there, so happy. My DMs are always open to people. Um, also on Instagram, but not on there as much. Or my email address, which is contact at katejfoster.com. And I always respond um, within about 48 hours maximum. So if anybody has any questions or or you know want to put their hand up for something because we're still accepting blog posts as well mm-hmm. if anybody wants to write for us then we'd be happy to accept that so um yeah get in touch excellent yep. and sandy you said you were publishing some blog posts on your website so yes tell people- so it's just yeah yep. yep so it's just sandybarker.com um and I've I've got the they're on the main page so um, mine I think is sitting at the top at the moment because I just published it a couple of a couple of days ago and Kate's comes out tomorrow and and then we've got one every Wednesday through the end of the month. So, Fantastic. Yeah. I have to say that you know last episode Darren and I talked about vulnerability in writing and the importance of sharing some of that. So I'd have to say. Thank you so much, both of you, for being so generous and sharing your vulnerabilities and talking about mental health, mental illness, and all of the things that go around this whole issue and sector. So thank you very much, Kate Foster, children's mm-hmm. author and dog lover, and Sandy Barker, rom-com author extraordinaire and Oh, traveller of the world uh, <laughs> for being on the Australian Book Lovers podcast and please readers and writers get out there have a look at the auction items put in your bids when it starts on the 1st of April and any authors or people in the publishing industry who want to support authors for mental health get in touch with Kate and or Sandy and be a part of it. 100% and any authors out there get your books up Every yeah. every author out there that's listening right now, you've got a book you can give away. Um, yeah, that includes myself. I'm going to grab a couple out as well. Uh, but look, okay, hey, Sandy, you know, as far as I know, it's a it can be a difficult subject. It can be a serious subject, obviously, and um, it's probably uh, a subject that's going to still come with many challenges, especially as it, it you know in the state we're in with with the world and, and possibly a mental health pandemic. However, with initiatives like this, like the one uh, that you're all embarking on, um, I suspect that we're in really, really good hands in and a really good position to come out of it stronger than we've ever been. And I think there's an opportunity for everyone who's been touched by mental health and knows someone who's been touched by mental health. It's initiatives like this that are really, I, I suspect this is going to be just the start of something huge for everybody. Um, it's its because of initiatives like this that people can learn more, they can maybe learn something about themselves and they can start to see hope moving forward in the future. So thank you so much. It is absolutely amazing. Oh, oh thank you. Thank you yeah, for having you. us. We really, really appreciate um, Australian Book Club as being um, a safe place for us to come. So thank you for supporting us and supporting this initiative. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. What Sandy said. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank Most you. Most welcome and good luck with the auction. I hope it raises not only some money but some fantastic awareness and, as Darren says, some education. So take care, readers, and keep your eye out on the various social media for Authors for Mental Health. Thank you, everybody. Let's meet again when magic happens.
Australian Book Lovers acknowledges First Nations peoples and recognises their continuous connection to country, community and to culture. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and honour the sharing of traditional stories passed down through generations. We're committed to a safe and inclusive welcome for authors and readers of all cultures and backgrounds, including people of LGBTQIA communities and their families.